What is personalization in banking in the year 2021? Well, it's not just the teller giving you a friendly hello. In fact, it may not involve a teller at all. Personalization is the realization that banks can go much further using their technology, data, and even artificial intelligence to penetrate into the most rich customer experience in the history of banking. And today to tell us about it, we have Jillian Lee of DBS, direct from Singapore on Dave and Darm Demystify. From the studios of NMD Plus in the UK and US comes the Dave and Darm Demystify show. Dave and Darm Demystify Show, making sense of the world of fintech and digital finance. Sit back and listen as the two Ds take a subject and chat it through to make it clearer and easier to understand. And now, here are your hosts, Dave Wallace and Darm Mystery. Demystify. Welcome everyone to this week's show. And today we have an incredibly fantastic guest, all the way from Singapore, we have Gillian Lee from DBS. Gillian, could you introduce yourself and tell us a bit about what you do, please? Sure. Thank you, firstly, for inviting me to this podcast. Thrilled to be here. A quick introduction on myself. My name is Gillian. I am a happy member of DBS. I'm a senior vice president at DBS. And right now, I'm heading a team we're called the Intelligent Bank Team in DBS. I can explain a little bit more as we go on as to the work that we do, but basically we are a team that really tries very hard to deliver personalized journeys to our customers to help them make banking a bit more easy and effortless. And we do this with a combination of data, artificial intelligence, as well as customer-centric design. Fantastic. I mean, personalization is something that I'm incredibly interested in. And I think, you know, it's a space that banks really need to be thinking about it. So it's great to have you on the show and great to kind of talk about it. So could you give us a bit about what intelligent banking is and what technologies you're using, but also why you decided that it was a good idea to look at personalization? Maybe I'll start with an analogy. Because I think intelligent bank can be a little bit difficult to understand and comprehend. We like to think of it from the customer first. And I'll use a hamburger analogy, actually. So it's all about the customer. The customer is kind of the meat of it. So we start from there. But there are also many, many other elements of the hamburger that we need to consider. You need the top and the bottom of the hamburger. And that is what we think would be data, as well as design and the top and the bottom. And then you have, you know, the banking products the banking services that we have. To me, that's the cheese, the lettuce, the pickle, and so on. So every customer, you know, is a different burger. I could be an impossible burger with extra cheese, some mayo. You, Dave, could be, I don't know, a chicken burger, maybe. I was (laughs) going to say a chicken burger, yes. (laughs) Yeah, so that gives you a sense as to how we think about it. I think it's all-encompassing all different verticals need to pull their weight in order to be able to help deliver the journey that we want to our customer. And that's how we have structured it. 
So while I'm kind of like the product owner for Intelligent Bank, but we wouldn't be able to do anything without the support of our data tech team, of our data scientists, of the different products and managers that we have in the bank, the segment leads. And we all kind of work together to deliver what we think of as personalized journeys for our customers. What you're describing is the sort of customer sits very much at the heart of what you're doing. So intelligent banking, have you sort of done lots of customer research? Have you spent time sort of understanding customer behavior through the various digital channels? Yes, definitely. I think we try to do customer immersion, customer research all the time. In fact, every time we have a big use case or journey that we're going to go out with, we try to test that as much as possible. Could be with RMs, straight to customers, even with our internal staff, very many, many different versions of it that we try to do. We even embed it in the journeys as well. So I'll give you an example. We have a feedback mechanism that we've embedded in some of our use cases itself. What this feedback mechanism does is there's a happy face and there's a sad face. And if you're not liking this journey or this use case for whatever reason, you can click on the sad face and then options come out to say, oh, I don't like this or now it's not the right time and so on and so forth. So the happy face, sad face you would find (laughs) within the mobile channel itself so customers are able to respond in real time to what they're seeing yes that's really really interesting so for you personalization or the sort of intelligent banking isn't about creating hypotheses and you know ideas and then sort of leaving the customers to you know respond to those you're also gathering intelligence as you're kind of going on so it's like a virtuous circle of intelligence gathering Yeah, exactly. We really try to take a data-driven approach and have like a feedback loop that goes in and back to the customer. So we take into account the customer's clicks, the happy and sad face of the customer sees, and we feed that into the triggers that we send thereafter. So can you give me some examples of the sorts of things that customers are seeing within their digital banking experiences, which are kind of personalized? Sure. So broadly, what we try to do is we try to anticipate our customers' needs. And then the journey that gets built thereafter will help them in different ways. It could be alerting them proactively or just giving them more information that they need at that point in time. Some examples maybe to bring that to life. We have an alert that we call sort of strong price movements. So for example, maybe you hold 10 stocks, a penny stock maybe with DBS. Recently, it would have risen, say, by 10%. We proactively send you an alert to tell you, hey, Dave, one of your stocks in your holdings has risen by quite a high amount. Click here so that you can look at the stock details and decide on what you want to do. So that's an example of a proactive alert that we send out that is personalized for you and is a way that we help our customers keep track of their holdings. So is that coming out as a mobile phone notification or do you have to log in in order to see that? We do it both ways. So it is triggered by a push because it's a way we can bring it to the customer's attention. But we also do it in-app. We call it in-app presentments to try to engage with the customer when they log in. Okay, now that's interesting because I guess one of the things which I find interesting about use of things like notifications is actually just how bad a lot of banks are in terms of sort of using things like notifications and communicating with customers. So it sounds like you've got a great use case in which you can get information which is relevant and meaningful to customers onto their mobile desktop and use that as a way of driving positive behavior. Yes, We're trying hard. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah. So effectively, what you've come up with is a personalization stack, which kind of sits there delivering these messages based on the things that you want it to do. Exactly. Why did DBS sort of originally identify personalization as an opportunity? You know, what's the kind of history? From what I observed, many, many organizations or banks, they've gone through digital transformation They've delivered banking through desktop. They've delivered banking through mobile. But, you know, my view is that so much of what's been done is very transactional. So it's great because it gets people closer to their month. But, you know, certainly on my side, one of the things that we've observed is it doesn't actually solve people's money problems. So I guess DBS has been through a similar transformation journey. But why did it suddenly think that actually personalization is an area that we really need to get involved with? I would have to say it's a journey. So it hasn't been that personalization is something that we suddenly, we are fortunate enough to have a very strong and visionary leader. So the thought or concept of personalization was actually sitting within the bank for quite a while. It's just that we've taken time to get the building blocks in place. It's taken some time and effort for us to organize ourselves effectively to be able to get there. What we know for sure is that digital is, I think, in the DNA of DBS. We've spent many years, lots of dollars and investments to get us to where we are today in terms of being a good digital bank. And personalization is kind of the next way forward. So this, I think, is something that as a bank we've been thinking about for quite a while. We're starting to get the wheels in motion and push things out to the customers as well. So You would say that personalization is a strategic pillar for the bank as it goes forward into the next few years. Yes, I would think so. Well, that's great. So DBS is perhaps one of the most future-focused banks in the world, I think. You know, when you look at what it's managed to achieve and what it's done, why do you think DBS has been able to elevate itself so much? I think it would be leadership, like you mentioned, a visionary leader, a very strong and visionary leader. I think it's also commitment. So digitalization is not side business. It's not a throwaway comment that we make, but it's something that we put money into and we've been committing on it year after year after year. So this kind of enduring commitment coupled with very strong vision, I think a combination of these two things has put us in a good place. Thinking about customers in Singapore, I guess most people in Singapore are very digitally aware. I mean, there's massively high penetrations of mobile and broadband. Is it a reflection on the customer base in Singapore as well? I mean, I cannot deny that Singapore is a small, very digital nation. So that could play a part. But for example, Intelligent Bank, we're not just live in Singapore. We're live in three markets today, Singapore, Hong Kong and India. And the vision is for us to be in all markets that DBS is in. DBS is in six markets today. So our vision is that we will go beyond the shores of Singapore. And we've already done that successfully to date. What I think has helped, for sure, for better or for worse, is COVID, right? COVID in itself has really accelerated the pace of digitalization, has made it more apparent to everyone that digital assets is the way to go, has made the pace of which customers move. It's gone that much faster. Have you noticed any differences between your different geographies in terms of their views on the personalization technologies? I mean, I guess more generally, how have customers responded to what you're delivering to them? What we have seen actually is 
positive results. When I say positive results, I would say we've been pleasantly surprised by how much customers have been engaging in Singapore. And we're actually seeing equally positive results in our other markets in India and Hong Kong. So actually, from that point of view, we're finding that personalization is a powerful tool, regardless of the market that you're in. As long as I think you get the core elements right of meeting the customer's needs, we're seeing that the kind of engagement we're getting in one market is also being seen in the other markets that we are going live in. So that has been actually very, very encouraging and has helped us to also be more aggressive in trying to bring personalization to all of DBS's markets. What are some of the things that, based on the experience you've got, you're thinking about in terms of broadening the personalization agenda going forward? Are you able to share some of the thoughts around that? The journey has just begun. There's so many more things we can do. I mean, we do little insights today that help our customers. I'll give you an example, Dave. So all of us have digital subscriptions. You probably have a music subscription to maybe three Uh, different vendors. Well, I'll tell you one thing that I've got so many subscriptions, I find it very difficult to keep track of them. So, you know, one of the things... Oh, okay. So one of the things I worry about is paying for things I don't need. And there's so many examples like this in our lives. So one use case that we have is trying to help customers with exactly that problem. Highlighting that, you know, Dave, we see you have three subscriptions to three gyms. Do you really need that? (laughs) You know, maybe you can consider trimming down one or two and then, you know, that might help you with your cash flows. There are many, many more examples across all the facets of your banking life. And we can do much, much more. And then I think right now we focus a lot on the mobile banking app. But this thinking of personalization can easily cater to all assets that DBS has, be it desktop, call center, branch, anything. It's just the thinking about personalization that can be a powerful tool to just further elevate the kind of interactions that we have. That's fascinating. One of the areas that we've been thinking about is wealth management recently. And I guess you've given an example where you've got alerts based on stocks, but there's so much more that could be done through a relationship manager, for instance, and using the same sort of technologies. I totally agree. So right now we focused on digital journeys, but the future can be much, much broader. It really depends. Maybe you want to buy a Tesla stock, Dave. When you search for a Tesla stock, we've just gone live with something that we call similar stocks. So there's a carousel at the bottom to just tell you, yeah, Dave, yeah, look, we know you're searching for a Tesla stock. From your holdings, it looks like these other XYZ stocks could also be interesting for you to deepen the discovery that you have with DBS. So this is something that we built a digital journey for, but you know, we can go much, much bigger as well and bring that same kind of thinking to different journeys and different touch points that we have with a customer. I think that's really, really interesting. So in terms of any learnings that you've had, is there anything that you found like customers being uncomfortable with? We chatted about previously the fact that you're just using the existing bank transactional data, so you're not augmenting it with other third-party data at all. Have you had any kickback from customers at all saying, well, this is a bit weird that you sort of seem to know stuff about me? Because I guess that's one of the fears that organizations have is if they start personalizing things, then customers might just go, actually, I don't want to know all of this stuff. Right now, what we've tried to do is to just embed the customer's feedback directly into the journeys. Like I was mentioning, Dave, the feedback mechanism, the happy and sad face, that is directly in the customer's 
journey when he's seeing right. these alerts or getting this use case. So we've used that as a means to get a quick read of whether the customer likes it or not. And so far, I would say that we've been positively surprised. So the number of happy faces we've got far outweighs the unhappy faces that we've had. So overall, I think this approach helps us to firstly, if the customer doesn't like it, the alert will not appear for the customer. And also it gives us a read as to how happy the customers are with our nudges, which we've been positively surprised with so far. I love it. It's such a simple thing to do, but people forget to do the most simple thing, <laughs> providing that feedback. But it's great because not only does the customer have some control over what's going on, but you get a read in terms of what's happening. So I guess I'm not surprised that people are really positive about this because I think so many customers do actually want help and advice and beyond that guidance in terms of what they're doing from a kind of money point of view. So that's fantastic to hear. So if I was a big bank thinking about personalization, what would your advice be in terms of the first place to start? If that's not an unfair question. <laughs> As a bank, I think it's inevitable to have lots of different priorities, be it numbers or customers and so on. So I think it's important to get clarity on what your priorities are, and then everything trickles from there. For us, I think it's been very clear that it's all about the customer. We want to make the customer experience better. So then that makes it much clearer for myself and for my team to then build the right sort of journeys and use cases around that to make the customer experience better. So having that clarity of vision is crucial to help drive the work that then needs to happen. That's really, really helpful. So thank you. Well, listen, it's been fantastic talking to you about this. Such an interesting topic. And, you know, one that I think every financial services institution really needs to think about how they use personalization technology. So it's great to talk to somebody who's leading the charge and actually doing that in a bank. So thank you so much for joining. And yeah, really appreciate your time. Thank you. And thank you so much for the invite. This is a topic that I am very passionate about. I'm really pleased to be able to have a chat with you on it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to Dave and Dan Demystify. We hope you join us next time and check back in the weeks ahead as we build our podcast vault on SoundCloud. Be sure to connect with Dave Wallace and Darmish Mystery on LinkedIn. And until next time, ciao and have a marvellous week. The Dave and Darm Demystify Show is a production of NMD Plus, London, Chicago and Austin, Texas.